0: second year, and i just left college. I was free to choose a career, and I chose it too quickly. Afterwards, I abandoned it with great speed, but I've never regretted the two years I spent in Cambridge as a student of divinity. Cambridge, for the lovers of woods and trees, has changed for the worse since those days, of course, but I remember the Cambridge I want to remember. One grey December afternoon, I went to the town of Medford. I was late in starting back for my lodgings, and as dusk was falling, I came to a narrow road I did not recognize. I was about three miles away from home, and I reckoned the road offered me as good a shortcut as any. The road was obviously seldom used. The wheeled ruts looked old, and after ten minutes walking, I came to the house. And so began one of the strangest, and for a time, one of the most terrifying episodes in the whole of my life. Biotechs, the new soak and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McCabe. Just soak, just soak in
1: biotechs. Just soak, just soak in biotechs. Just soak, just soak in biotechs. biotechs. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain-free... Understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt, washing won't.
2: Just soak, just soak in Biotex.
1: Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cuff stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come, and you don't stir a finger. Just soak, just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss. No fabric wear. Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in biotechs removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just yeah. soak. Just, Just soak, soak in, in biotechs.
0: It was huge, the house. Ugly and yet beautiful. The apple orchard that surrounded it was tangled and overgrown. Something bad made me go up and try the door. It was locked. And so I continued on my way. I thought about the old house on and off during my studies, and a few days later I returned there. I found it again without any difficulty. I approached as before, and the door was locked and barred as before. I was about to walk away when I heard someone approach. I hid myself immediately. old man he wore a cloak. He came to the door, bowed before it, felt in a pocket, produced a key, and turned it in the lock. After a moment, he applied pressure to one of the door panels and the door opened and he went in. through the shuttered windows and squinting through a crack I saw a lighted room and grotesquely out of proportion I saw a shadow of someone seated rigidly as if being interviewed by someone or something. After a while the candlelight went and the little old man came out locked the door bowed in the same strange way and hobbled away again Down the road without a backward glance. I went home that night strangely disturbed. Why? I could not then think. I was disturbed, but fascinated too. However, I tried to put all thoughts of the house and the old gentleman out of my mind, for I had a lot of study to occupy me. Some days later, I took a stroll through Mount Auburn Cemetery. And it was here that I saw my little old gentleman again. He was sitting upon a seat, staring straight in front of him, with a kind of terrific dignity, mixed with a strange and inexplicable sorrow. I watched him for a long time, and then I slowly approached. His clothes were shabby but neat, and his old blue cloak had known half a century's brushing.
1: Good day to you.
0: We're having wonderfully mild weather for this time of the year, don't you think?
3: This is a very comfortable place.
0: I'm very fond of walking in graveyards.
3: Walking, yes. Take your exercise now. Someday you'll have to settle down in a graveyard in a fixed position.
0: Very true. May I... May I sit down? Of course. Thank you. Yes, very true, but... There are some people who are said to take exercise even after that day. He stared at me as if i had said something odd or profound. And then he looked away. You... you don't understand? Well, some people, you know, walk after death. I don't know why I was talking like this. I suppose being a student of divinity is bad for some of us. Makes us morbid. You
3: don't believe that?
0: How do you know I don't? Because you are young and foolish. I'm I'm young, certainly, but on the whole, I don't think I'm foolish. Look, I don't believe in ghosts or anything, and most people would be on my side in that.
3: Most people are fools. Are you a student?
0: Yes, of divinity.
3: Of divinity?
0: Theology. I'm studying for the ministry.
3: There are certain things you ought to... To know,
0: then. Well, what things do you mean? I have a great desire for knowledge.
3: I like your appearance. You seem to me
0: sober enough. (laughs) I'm... I'm perfectly sober, all right. You seem fair-minded. I no longer strike you as foolish, then? I
3: stick to what I said about people who deny the power of departed spirits to return. They are fools.
0: You... Have seen a ghost?
3: I have not had to pry into old books to learn what to believe. I know. With these eyes, I have beheld the departed spirit standing before me. As close as you are now. And was it very terrible? I am an old soldier. I am not afraid. When was it? Where was it? Uh, You must forgive me for not going into details. Just remember that you've met an honest old man who has seen a ghost. More I cannot tell you now. Hmm? Let me mention my name. It is Captain Diamond, sir. I have seen service.
0: I, I hope I may have the pleasure of meeting you again.
3: The same to you, sir.
0: And brandishing his stick, he marched stiffly away. I asked several people if they knew the history of a Captain Diamond, but I could find no one had even heard of him. I could not put him out of my mind, though, and could not forget the house and his strange visit to it.
2: The
0: and then I thought of Miss Deborah, the tiny deformed sister of my landlady, with whom I'd enjoyed many an enlightening conversation. She sat all day by the window between a birdcage and a flower pot. Sewing small linen articles was her passion.
2: You are the honey suckle. I am your bee. Good morning, Miss Deborah. No study today. How are you? Oh,
0: well. Thank you very well. You know, you sit here all day sewing. You never go out, and yet you're so full of knowledge, and so you observe so much, know so much. Sometimes I feel quite ashamed. <laughs> Tell me, have you heard of a Captain Diamond?
2: Of course. Oh, he was much talked about many years ago. I haven't seen him for a long time, but one supposes he survived all the scandal. Scandal? He killed his daughter. Killed her? But how? I mean... Oh, not with a pistol or a dagger or a dose of arsenic. With his tongue. He cursed her and she died. Cursed?
0: what on earth had she done?
2: She had received a visit from a young man who loved her and whom he had forbidden into the house. The the captain, that is. The house? yes. The house out in the country,
0: two or three miles from here, near the crossroad.
2: Oh, you know about the house, then?
0: A little. I've seen it. Will you tell me more? The captain and his daughter?
2: (laughs) He was a very high-tempered old man. He loved her very much but his word was law. He had picked out a husband for her. Her mother was dead. They lived alone together. The poor girl's lover was a young man with whiskers from Boston in America. And the captain came home one evening and found them together. His rage must have been terrible. You do not understand, sir! She
1: is my wife! Emma! It cannot be true! No, it isn't! It isn't! But all the same. get out of this house! You never come
2: back, you yeah. hear You never we come back! Reasonable! Get out! The young woman fainted, and Captain Diamond left the house in a rage. Several hours later he came back and found a note saying the American had killed the captain's daughter and had carried the body away in a gig. The captain wrote a terrible letter saying he didn't believe she was dead but that she was, in any case, dead to him. A week later, in the middle of the night, he saw her ghost. And thereafter, little by little, she began to haunt the house. The captain's anger passed into grief. He tried to sell or rent the house but the story of the haunting was abroad and no one would take it. With the farm, the property was the old man's only means of livelihood. And because no one would buy the place and because he couldn't live in it, he took his staff, put on his old cloak and wandered away. But occasionally he was drawn back to the house and the ghost relented and proposed a compromise. Leave the house to me. I have marked it for my own. Go and live elsewhere. But to enable you to live, I will be your tenant, since you can find no other. I will rent the house from you and pay you a sum of money. And the old man consented to accept the sum the ghost named. And he goes every quarter to collect his rent.
3: I feel like a new man. It's a lovely day today. I thought you had flu. I took a Grandpa Headache Powder, and I'm worlds better. When colds and flu are about, Grandpa Headache Powders are what you need. Grandpa Headache Powders work fast because they dissolve almost immediately. Grandpa makes all those dreadful flu symptoms disappear quickly. So, whenever you're in pain, get fast relief. Get
1: Grandpa Headache Powders. Ah,
2: Grandpa. Just so. Just soak in
1: biotechs. Stains, grass stains, collar and cuff stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in biotechs. Biotechs with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Soaking in biotechs removes the stains and dirt that washing won't. Just soak.
0: Just soak in biotechs. Captain Diamond has no other means of living?
2: None. The ghost supports him. A haunted house is valuable property.
0: And in what coin does the ghost pay?
2: Silver. But all the pieces date from before the girl's death. I'm sure it was part of the bargain that he should go in person to collect his rent. And so, for him, life goes on. And he keeps this secret, which you must keep too, now that you share it. Well, now, it's time for my sleep, Mr. James, if you'll excuse me. Storytelling has quite worn me out.
0: My first sight of him had been on December the 31st and it was likely that he would return to his haunted house on the last day of March, the end of the next quarter. When the 31st of March came, I was there at the house watching. He came and went as before, bowing and letting himself in just the same, and I felt an enormous pity for him. A month after this, I met him again in Mount Auburn Cemetery.
3: What do you want of me?
0: I want to enjoy your conversation again.
3: Mm. You don't find me cracked. Cracked? Mike, my, my dear sir. I'm I... the sanest man in the country. I believe you. I will tell you. I once committed unintentionally a great crime. Now I pay the penalty. I killed my own child, you know. Struck her to the ground. But they could not hang me. More is the pity, because I struck her with words my hands and I know that her soul is immortal sir for we have an appointment to meet four times a year
0: her her spirit you mean her spirit I mean she has never forgiven you she has
3: forgiven me as the angels forgive that's what I can't stand the soft quiet way she looks at me I'd rather she twisted a knife about in my heart. <laughs> I, I must go my way. I must be creeping along. I I shall perhaps see you here again. Oh, I'm a stiff-jointed old fellow, and this is rather far for me to come, but I should like to see you again someday, perhaps. What is your name?
0: James. Roger, James. Um, look, please, please keep this little book... Pascal's thoughts. My name's written on the fly sheet. It's a book I'm very fond of. Perhaps it'll tell you something about me. I'm not much of a reader, but... I
3: shan't refuse the first present I've received since... my my troubles. Thank you, sir. And
0: he took his departure of me. An old, shuffling figure. Terribly sad broken. On June the 30th, I decided what I would do. That quarter, I would wait at the house, but this time I would not conceal myself. He was a little early this time, and the candlelight already shone through the window shutters when I arrived. And when at last he came out, he found me waiting on the doorstep. (sighs) I knew you were here. I came on purpose. I... I hope you'll forgive me, but you did encourage me. You are very clever. I've... I've been hoping for a chance to see inside. Do you know what it is, I see? How can I know? Except by experiencing. Please, take me in. Take you in... I wouldn't go
3: in again before my time's up for a thousand times the sum. I stick to my bargain, no less, no more. If you'll go in alone,
0: you're welcome. Will you wait for me here? Yes. You will not stop very long. But but the house is pitch dark. When you go, you have lights. Here. Take these. Okay.
3: You'll find two candlesticks with candles on the table in the hall. Light them... Take one in each hand. And go ahead. Where? Where shall I go? Anywhere, everywhere. Trust the ghost to find you.
0: Dining room, where I might have written my name in the deep dust upon the furniture. Kitchen beyond. Pots and pans, eternally cold. Deep darkness. I came back to the stairs and looked up. Suddenly, with an inexpressible sensation, I became aware that this gloom was animated. It seemed to move and gather itself. Then I began to perceive a definite figure standing at the top of the stairs. Two white hands appeared they were raised to what would have been the level of the head. They were pressed together, and then a the face was disclosed. It was white, strange, and in every way ghostly. Then one of the hands was waved to and fro as if in attitude of dismissal. I left the house. I did not look back. Outside again, the captain looked at me but said nothing. I felt something I can never explain. It was fear, yes, but something deeper, beyond fear. I hadn't the heart to disturb the old man's next vigil, came the 30th of September. I was sitting in my room alone when there came a knock upon the door.
2: I've come from the old gentleman, Captain Diamond. He's right down sick and must see you.
1: I'm dying,
3: uh, but never mind that. I'm due at the house. This is rent day. But you can't go. I can't go. I shall lose my money. Uh, I'm dying. I, I, I want to pay the doctor. Uh, I want to be buried like a respectable man.
0: It's this evening. At sunset, sharp. Uh, I can't go. I lose my money. Would, would the money be paid to another person? Look, I, I, I I'm, I'm dying. Tell her that, and she might trust you. Are you afraid? Uh, it's 50 pounds. She'll see your face. She'll see there's no harm in you. You'll have your money by nine o'clock tonight. I'll go. I trust you. Goodbye for the moment. of Captain Diamond at his request. He's very ill. Unable to leave his bed and so... uh, Please pay me the money. Captain Diamond would have come himself if he were able to move. At this, the figure came slowly down the stairs and I saw the white face. Instinctively, I backed away. The figure reached the bottom of the stairs and advanced. As it drew near, I saw that the face was perfectly human. We gazed at each other. When the voice came, there was nothing ghostly at all about it.
3: Is my father dangerously ill?
0: It was no apparition. Just a very beautiful woman. Quickly, I stretched forward a hand and pulled sharply at the veil. (gasps) She was about 35 and had her father's features. Her face was sorrow worn and pale.
2: My father, I suppose, sent you here to insult me. Here is your money.
0: I stooped to pick up the purse of money, and she seemed to glide away. She disappeared not up the stairs, but into one of the rooms leading from the hallway. I knew she was no ghost. I had turned to go when she screamed. <coughs> Your father? But where? There. No,
2: he's in white, in his shirt. It's not your, he.
0: Your father? He's in bed, ill, badly ill.
2: Dying? I,
0: I hope hope not. Oh,
2: oh, heaven. I've
3: just seen his ghost.
2: Ghost punishment for my my long long folly the punishment of my violence take me away from this place
0: you've been playing all these years a game the last time I I, I came you frightened me a lot you remember
2: it was a game But it was the only way. Had he not forgiven you? So long as he thought me dead, yes. There have been things in my life which he could not forgive.
0: Uh, And where is your husband?
2: I have no husband. I never had a husband. It, It was he. I am leaving this place now. You're going to my father? Directly. Will you let me know tomorrow what you have found? With pleasure.
0: But how will I communicate with you? Come. And she led me outside into the night and said...
2: Right. Just a few words. And put them under that stone. Stone there by the well. Good night. Uh, But listen. It's all right. I know my road. Everything is arranged. It's an old story.
0: Nancy, how, how is he?
2: He's gone to glory. Dead. He's as big a ghost as any of them now.
0: I returned to my lodgings, meaning to write the note for the captain's daughter and leave it under the stone by the well the next morning. That night late, preparing for bed, I noticed a red glow in the northwestern sky. A house was on fire in the country and burning fast. I thought no more about it and went to sleep. Yes, of course, you've guessed. The house on fire? That's right. I remembered I had left one of the candles alight. If it was not that one, it was the one she had dropped when she thought she had seen her father's ghost. The house was a mass of charred beams and smouldering ashes. The well cover had been pulled off in quest of water by the neighbours. The loose stones were displaced and the earth had been trampled into puddles. To the best of my knowledge, no one ever saw again the beautiful lady who had haunted... In the flesh, her father, for so many years.
1: Just soak. Just soak in biotechs. Just soak. Just soak in biotechs. Just soak. Just soak in in biotechs. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt, washing won't. Just what? soak, just, just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cuff stains. ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come, and you don't stir a finger. What? Just soak, just, just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss... No fabric wear. Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt that washing won't. Just, Just soak. Just soak, soak in, in Biotex.
0: Beyond Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotex. The new soak and pre-wash powder.
1: The program is adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe.